Welcome to Tropeful, a weekly look at how trope influences our understanding of our texts. I'm Cantor David Reinwald, and this week, we look at the seventh portion in the Torah, Parshat Vayishlach. This portion for me is one of the most beautiful stories in the Torah. It is the second portion where we see a great transition both in name and in the person. We saw this earlier with Abraham, and now we see it in his grandson, Jacob. And for that matter, we often don't think of Jacob as Abraham's grandson, as there are no direct interactions between Abraham and Jacob in the Torah, for it seems that Abraham died before the birth of Jacob and Esau, even though some commentators have calculated that there may have been some overlap and have imagined how the early actions of Esau may have affected Abraham's final years. But these are all midrashic presumptions. There's something incredibly magical and mystical about the interactions Jacob has, which changes him. These begin in chapter 32, verse 25, when for a second time, Jacob finds himself alone at night, and he either dreams or actually wrestles with a mysterious man until dawn. We can analyze Jacob's second divine intervention in this dreamlike state and compare it to the actual wrestling he is doing as he meets up once again with his brother Esau, who he has not seen since the time they became estranged in anger and deceit. Now, while in weeks past I have often been brought to certain specific sections of the portion when looking for standout tropes, this week it was the beautiful and dramatic landscape of this narrative section of the portion that brought me to this point. So now I wonder, does the trope match the importance of the section? This is a section of the Torah which I and you will probably never forget. It is a defining, life-changing moment for Jacob, and certainly one of the top ten pinnacle moments in the book of Genesis, if not in the entire Torah. Well, the answer is that the trope remains very commonplace through the majority of the telling of Jacob's transformation. Now, perhaps this is saying to us that the text takes greater weight than any other layer of interpretation, as well as the desire to not let the trope delay the narrative rhythm in the section. There are two points that did catch my eye, and so that is what I want to focus on from our tropeful perspective this week. Let's go to verse 29. It reads, And he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, because you have commanding power with God and with men, and you have prevailed. This is clearly the pivotal point of this portion, and for Jacob and in this verse, there is a repetition in the trope. Whereas we usually sing the phrase straight through, you will hear the trope almost stutter when we get to the words, Yeyamer od, no longer. Perhaps the trope stutters and repeats the trope twice to say that there now is a new identity for Jacob as Israel. We know that Jacob is referred to as both Jacob and Israel following this portion, so there is a duality both in the trope and in name. Now, I may be midrashically hopeful in my own interpretation of the trope, and I will say that's just fine because we do this all the time in Torah study, so I guess I'm just being tropeful. Listen now as I chant the verse of verse 29. Vayomer, 
Lo Yaakov, Yeamer od Shimcha, Ki im Yisrael, Ki Sarita im Elohim, Vi im Anashim Vatuchal. The second trope moment that is of interest comes at the end of chapter 32 in verse 33. This verse is actually part of the beginning of the next traditional aliyah, aliyah number three, but it does end the chapter, even though the divisions of the text into chapters is a later invention, likely not as connected to the tradition of trope, but more closely connected with the divisions of the narrative itself. At this point in the text, we find our good friend, the highlighter trope Pazer, which has that minimum of nine notes. Pazer. And what do you know? This is the first Pazer found in the portion. The Pazer lands on the two words. They are both connected, al meaning therefore, marking the entire sentence as one which we should keep in mind. And it sounds like this. Alkein Lo Yochelu Vene Israel Et Gid Hanashe Asher Alkaf Hayarech Ad Hayom Hazel Kinaga Bechafierech Yaakov Begid Hanasheh. The rest of the verse which follows is very much a teaching, connecting the past to the present through one of the laws of Kashrut. This verse reads The children of Israel may not eat the displaced tendon which is on the socket of the hip until this day, for he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the hip sinew. And so when it starts with the word therefore, sung on those nine notes of the Pazer, it's telling us to be aware of this teaching today as we look back into the past. I really hope that you will find beauty in this portion with or without the trope. I find that what the portion brings will hopefully resonate this week and for weeks to come. So until next time, when we will delve into Parashat Vayeshev, where once again we will see another of our rare tropes. Be tropeful. <laughs>